this is Roger Green, host of the podcast still known for now as Surfing the Nash Tsunami. Today we are offering four conversations from episode 35, in which Jorn Schottenberg, Louise Campbell, and I joined together for the first time in a month to look back at the first half of 2023 and forward to the second half in terms of the episodes and lessons. Plus, we have a vault episode from last November addressing the psychology of diet decision making. The vault conversation today comes from our discussion on diet and lifestyle management last fall with Shiro Zelbersagi and Ken Kusi. I chose this episode because it focuses largely on the psychology of adherence. It has an excellent introduction of its own, so I'll leave it here for the 2022 introduction to present this episode. Think about this as we review changes in how we view patients and the information we provide and the education challenges and opportunities around the new nomenclature. This weekend, we are offering five conversations from episode 56, our discussion on nutrition and NASH with Ken Kusi and Shira Zelbersagi in honor of U.S. Thanksgiving. This is a new topic for us, yes, even after 160-some episodes of New Topic. Enjoy. I start this conversation reflecting on my own experience with weight loss in my lifetime. Specifically, I comment on the importance of losing weight by eating foods you find tasty and filling. I also comment on the idea that every dieter has a bad day and that the key is simply to get back on track the next day as compared to either continuing to indulge nor starving yourself to average out. Those don't work over time. Shira agrees that relapse is part of the process and how she encourages patients simply to get back on track and learn from the experience. She also tells patients about her own passion for chocolate as proof that foods patients might not consider good for them can be part of a successful long-term plan. Ken Cousy notes that diet is simply one part of a full life balancing act that we all foul up sometimes and that these foul ups should not cause patients to feel negatively about themselves. Instead, view them as an opportunity to learn. And he notes he struggles with what he eats every day. Jorn Schottenberg picks up on Ken's comments on alcohol and smoking to describe food as somewhat more forgiving than those other habits. Shira comments on the negative health consequences that drive patients to stop smoking, drinking alcohol, or maintaining healthy eating habits. And Louise Campbell discusses Robert Mitchell Thane's comment that diet is a war and notes the importance of having a dietitian on the team. As the conversation winds down, Ken agrees and comments that the U.S. insurance system makes it hard for patients to get the collateral support they need, a theme that will continue into the next conversation. Over two and a half years into the Nash Tsunami, we finally dedicated an episode to diet and nutrition. From where I sit, this episode's been worth the wait. So sit back, listen, enjoy, learn, digest, and when you're done, join the discussion in our LinkedIn discussion group. Of the things you said that made the most sense to me, the most important one is that I don't think people can keep weight off if they're not eating food they like. I've learned in my own experience, I am either an N of one because it's me or an N of four because it took me four tries to get this right. That the most important things were A, to eat food I enjoyed and B, to remind myself that everybody has bad days. And the question is, can you never have a bad day? That's generally not possible. But after you've had one bad day, simply to not let it affect what you do going forward, Neither say, I need to starve myself now to make up for it, nor to say, oh, now I've blown it. But just to stay on the path I'm on and understand that my body self-corrects over time. And that's kind of how I've lived for the last probably 20 years, that I've, I've had this more or less under control. Shira Zelbersagi. I completely agree with you, Roger. In fact, I tell the patients, in terms of goal setting, by the way, I also tell them, it's not a question if you would have a relapse. It's obvious that at some point you will have a relapse and it's fine. It's it's part of the process. So having a relapse doesn't mean that you failed, that the process 
that you need to end it, that you need to be disappointed from yourself. It's part of the process. No question you will have uh, this relapse. The thing is not to look at it as a relapse, but to think of it as a small bump on the road. So there was a bump and then you just lift yourself up and continue exactly where you stopped. No punishments, no uh, low self-esteem, how it happened to me and so on. Just lift yourself up and go back to the point where you had this bump on the road and continue with, with the process. So this is part of the expectations that we talk about with the patients at the beginning of the process. And yes, it's very, very challenging. I also tell them to learn. From every bump on the road, you can learn something and maybe do better for next time. So always use every, every difficulty can be used for, for learning. Ken Kusi. Yeah, those are good points that Shira made. I mean, the, again, uh, as a clinician, it's been said many times, it's a journey. For if I have a business-minded person, I tell like it's like, the stock market, you know, probably Apple and Amazon are the greatest successful companies, at least from an earnings perspective, and they have ups and downs, and and it's part of in terms of diet, it's terrible at times of, uh, as a, like human nature. There's a person very famous now called Brene Brown, talks a lot about vulnerability. We are prone to errors. We're never exactly the ideal image that we want to have of ourselves. We always fall a little bit short, particularly we have so many multiple roles and things that just difficult balancing act and just remember we're going to live and die as an unfinished symphony and uh, following a diet is just the same thing as I tell if you get most of your choices right you're going to lose weight and probably you're going to be happy in life but you don't aim for perfection because that's the recipe for unhappiness completely agree and that's why I tell patients that I'm crazy about chocolate for example and that I would never give up chocolate so we're all imperfect and it's fine you just need to find the right balance for you and again weight energy in blaming yourself for feeling guilty. We have a limited amount of energy when we wake up every day. So, okay, be a little bit angry, okay. But as Shira said, learn from it. Uh, and again, if uh, chips is your weakness, just don't buy them. Or just put in your plate how much you are allowed to eat today. And pure. so use little tricks thinking of what, what went wrong to avoid it. Not to never happen again, but to minimize the times that it happens. You know, Ken, the, the, the thing with food, bringing food at home is very interesting issue we always say don't bring enemies into your house right right don't sleep with the enemies yeah so uh well so don't bring the the chips and the chocolate and the ice cream this is actually taken from psychology this is uh, called stimulus control well you won't ask alcoholic person to keep alcohol in the house and just uh, be strong and, and don't touch it right or someone who tries to quit smoking wouldn't keep cigarettes in his house so it's the same way with diet you do stimulus control and it's everybody's I mean, every day I'm just always struggling. I'm always hungry. I would eat twice of what I eat. I'm, I, I mean, I, people see it at work. I eat very little lunch here for a number of reasons. When I, I don't buy a lot of delicious things that I see at the supermarket because I'm going to gain weight. And actually, I've been trying to lose some weight lately because whenever I begin gaining some weight, I rapidly do get some intense measures to not do more exercise or are even more hungry to try to balance it out before gets out of control. So it's everybody's fight. I mean, everybody everywhere that's above age 21 has to be careful with what they eat. Jörn Schattenberg. You mentioned alcohol and smoking. I think diet is always a little bit more forgiving. So the consequences are slower. You know, you can gain weight fast, but I think, you know, patients drinking alcohol, they decompensate. And I feel with diet, 
it, the biofeedback is not as rapid, maybe, but maybe I'm wrong. And it's part of everyday life. So it's it's might be even tougher. You can't quit eating, right? You can quit smoking and alcohol, but you don't it's not a black or white, you can't quit eating. So that's why diet is I think far more uh, difficult to manage. In terms of damage with cigarettes and alcohol, it's also slow long-term damage. But I quitting may be easier because it's a might be a black and white issue and while we all have to keep eating. And just imagine that NAFO patients need to do diet and also can't have much uh, alcohol and also smoking is, is unhealthy for them we need to remember that both very modest alcohol consumption is bad for NAFO patients especially those with fibrosis right it increases the risk of fibrosis progression it increases the risk of hepatocellular carcinoma and also smoking increases the risk of fibrosis and ACC so our patients really ha- have to give up on, on, on many pleasures Louise Campbell I think it brings us back or it brings us to the point that we deal with a, as hepatology and live a disease, we deal with areas that require huge amounts of intense psychological support, and yet very few areas have access to a psychologist and a behavioral therapist. We get addictive therapies, but all of these are addictions, and they're part of life. We are human, as we've said, and we're not perfect. But what we do need to do is look at more resources in the areas of hepatology for what we are now dealing with, which are highly addictive diseases, socioeconomic areas where you get worse advertising. Robert Mitchell Thane described it, it. It's a war. So can you have a dietitian? We didn't have a dietitian in hepatology at Imperial. We did at King's. So it is very hit and miss the levels of support that we're able to offer our patients. Yes, I'm mental health trained. I can offer a little bit more insight, but I'm not an addiction specialist, for example. So we try to make those little inroads and keep the motivation, rewarding the positive. But for every two steps forward, there might be a little step backwards. The whole thing that you've been talking about, we do need more investment to support these patients throughout and a, a better recognition of psychological and support that they, they need. Yeah, I would I would encourage doctors to work closer with that dietitian and really highlight this, that just telling them to lose some weight and a couple of tips usually doesn't cut it. The problem in the United States, I'm very impressed that Shira has patients for 20 years here dietitians you know are a couple of years move on to somewhere else half the, pay, the insurance don't pay for the dietitians it's a very and again it, or live far away and, and lower income people don't have the means to go and, and just leave their job so in the United States it is really a struggle to deliver good care and many times they're also busy and don't have the time to do it I think it's the job of the clinicians to build these teams and work in a way that they can serve their patients better. And now, back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please put them in the review section of the page from which you downloaded the conversation or send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. If you have suggestions for episodes you'd like to see us prepare in the fall, that would be the right way to send those to us as well. We'll be back next week, ideally with one of the conversation topics Louise Campbell discussed in conversation four of this episode. Until then, stay safe, surf on. We'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now.